Good morning. Good morning. Um, I hope you all are well. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. For those online, we're so happy that you've joined us as well. Uh, before we get things started, we do have a few announcements that we would like to make. Um, if you want to pull out your messenger, there are a couple of new ones. There are going to be some old ones too. We just want to refresh. Um, fall small group opportunities. If you signed up for one of Todd's small groups, um, they begin this week. Um, the first one, the Fruit of the Spirit, will begin on Wednesday, um, September 14th at 6 p.m. here at the church. And then uh, the group will go to dinner after. It's not too late to sign up for that. So if you're interested, please let us know. We'd love to plug you in. And then the second one, Forgiving What You Can't Forget, it will begin on Thursday, September 15th at 11.30 a.m. in Ferguson Annex, also here at church. So um, please let us know if that's something you want to be a part of. It's not too late. And uh, we would love, love to have you. Um, next week is our Youth Pasta Bake fundraiser. It's, it's the, one of the bigger fundraisers that we do. Um, and it's, it's all takeout. So you, from 11 to 1 next week, come to the Fellowship Hall. We'll have a plate ready with pasta bake, salad, dessert, garlic bread, all the good stuff. And um, all the donations we receive will go to transportation and um, funding for events and, and scholarship funding as well for our students. So um, please come. If you have any questions or concerns about that, please let me know. And I would love to talk to you more. Um, the children's ministry has a lot going on for uh, today from uh, 4 to 6 p.m. The third through fifth grade have a mission project. Um, during this time, they'll be com completing two projects, one for the church and one for the community. So if you know or have a third through fifth grader that would like to be a part of that, please let us know. Please let Miss Susan know, and we would love to get you to come and, and hang out with us then. Um, Lastly, uh, tonight for some youth news, um, we, instead of having youth group here at the church, we're actually going to Tatum Park and playing some games uh, with the youth ministry at Parkway Heights. So we're going to have a good time with them and we're going to have pizza. It's going to be from 4 to 6.30 p.m. So uh, anybody from 6th grade to 12th grade that you want to come along and join us, we would love to have you. Um, we, it kind of stopped during COVID. We did it before. We really enjoyed it. So we can't wait for, uh, to, for this uh, event tonight. And if you want to be a part of that, please let me know. All right. I believe those are all the announcements. I'm going to pray for us and then we'll take a moment to prepare our hearts for a time of worship. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you so much for all that you've given us and done for us. Um, all of us, whether it's a little bit or a lot, come in with things going on in our lives and in our hearts, whether it's related to work or family or school, whatever it may be, God, we pray that we can, can give this to you now so that we can enjoy all that you are in this moment. Open up our minds, open up our hearts, open up our spirits to what you have for us today. We welcome you in this place, Jesus. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.
Good morning. Let's join together this morning in our greeting and prayer that's found in your worship bulletin, and let's please stand. <clears throat> From darkness and despair, from being lost and lonely, God calls us home. Even though we have been selfish and let our land, we are still called beloved. Remember the eternal love of God which has been poured out for us. Our hearts rejoice at the wondrous ways in which God loves and forgives us. Remember that in all your ways, you can trust in God's compassion. Compassionate God, have mercy upon us. As children called to live in your love, we acknowledge how little we have done so. In acts of unfaithfulness, we have placed other gods before you. Even when we are near you, we resent the unfaithfulness of others and look down upon them as if we are examples of perfect righteousness. Remind us that your initiating love comes to us first, and it is your grace alone that saves us in the end. Our opening hymn of praise, O Four A Thousand Tons, sing number 57. We'll sing the first four stanzas. Street. <laughs> 
our children can come forward. We're going to have children's moments. Who are we missing? I think we're missing a few. I know we have one fella. We are we are very blessed to have this handsome fella. Come on up here, ladies. Good morning. Okay, I have a question. Have any of you ever get settled down? Okay. Have any of you ever been a little bit afraid of the dark? Yes, okay, I thought so. When you were a baby, not now. No. Well, have you ever been someplace that it was so dark you couldn't see your hands in front of your face? Like maybe you went down in a cave and they had the lights and then they turned the lights out and it got pitch black. It was very, very dark. No? Well, yes. Well, when you're in that place, even the teeniest, tiniest light will make a big difference in that darkness. Jesus told his disciples that they were the light of the world. And that holds true for us, too. Um, He has told us to let our light shine so that people can see our good works and praise our Heavenly Father. So, who knows the the song? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know that song? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You know that? Okay. Well, I am going to light this candle. Aha, yeah. I'm going to light it. I will. That's why I have that Play-Doh underneath. Okay, so I have this candle here. And what we are going to do is we are going to sing the last verse of this song. And everybody can help. Do you all know how the last verse goes? It says, don't let Satan do something. What is it? Don't let Satan what? Well, not that. You're supposed to tell me. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Okay? Is that how it goes? Okay, y'all ready? You ready to sing? Here we go. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Ah, what happened to our candle? When, when I blew it out, it kept coming on. That's exactly right. Not right now. Okay. You know what? Listen. I want you to listen. I did that for a reason. I want y'all to listen, okay? Sometimes in our lives, we get very sad, okay? And sometimes it may feel like our light's not shining. But you want to know what? You want to know what? When we have the light of Jesus in us, there's no way our light can go out. We will always have that light. It will always be there. So Satan can never blow out the light of Jesus. It just keeps coming right back, huh? Because it needs oxygen to make it come back on. (laughs) Okay, so the Bible says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So Jesus is our light. And we want to lift him up. And we want to lift him up high. Because when we're a good example and we let our light shine, then God is going to be honored and others are going to see it. And then they're going to want to do that. No matter how small, it makes a difference in lives.
Okay? So let's say a prayer, and then we're going to go upstairs, and we're going to learn some more about another Bible hero. Let's say a prayer. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to be the light of the world. And may we lift him up and let his light shine through us each and every day. And in Jesus' name, we always pray. Amen. If you will turn with me now to hymn number 419 uh, for our prayer hymn this morning, I am thine, O Lord, and we're going to sing verses 1, 2, and 3. during the children's moments, Susan asked, well, how do you know, or what do you think this is? How do you, how is this light staying on? And of course, he had a really smart kid, like three years old, say, well, it's a trick candle. <laughs> so I had no idea it was a trick candle when I, you know, so I, you know, they're smarter than me. So I thought that was, uh, that was great. But we always enjoy our children's moments. I'm very thankful for Susan. And I actually learned a lot and I'm 29. So it's pretty good. Um, we have a few prayer requests uh, to lift up to you and to remind us all here in our congregation. Um, first, we want to keep in mind of Dudley Dearman. He is getting uh, treatment for his illness in Hattiesburg, and he is back at work, and that, that is a praise. That is wonderful. We want to continue to lift up Tim Cole and his family and pray that he continues to get good reports and for, continued, uh, for complete healing and strength. We want to continue to lift up the Wallace family. Sarah Catherine Wallace is um, still under daily radiation therapy now and through December, so we need to pray for them. 
Um, Miss Wanda, Wanda Walls Hathorne, has a CAT scan coming up this week, so we want to be praying for her. Um, the Royals family, they, they t- typically attend our 9 o'clock service. Um, Tommy Royals and family, um, be, be praying for them because he has a recent diagnosis of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, and he will be in Forest General to gain strength for upcoming chemo. Uh, we also want to remember um, the Deer family, uh, Josh and Lacey Deer. Uh, Josh's father passed away unexpectedly this past week, and his dad's name was Patty Deer. So we want to lift up them uh, this week as they're going through a trying time. And lastly, we want to remember today being the 9-11 anniversary. We want to pray for all of those who lost loved ones that day. We want to pray for the families of the firefighters and the first responders and the police officers um, and all of those who were impacted um, on that day. Um, before we go into our prayer, does anybody else have any other prayer requests they would like to say aloud? Okay, let's pray. Almighty God, grant that all who confess your name be, grant, uh, be, lit, uh, excuse me, be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as Christ loves us. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit including those we mentioned today. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. We offer these prayers through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I'd like to invite our ushers down for our tithes and offerings. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray for these blessings that you're about to receive. We pray that you use them in any way and every way that you see fit. Help us to be reminded of the giving of our finances, but also of our time and our resources and of the unique talents that you have given each of us. Help us to be your hands and feet in this world in every single way. We pray for what these gifts that you're about to receive so that your kingdom can be glorified, so that your name can be spread, so that your love can be shared throughout this city, this state, this country, and our world. Pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. 
God's children say, Amen. Amen. Ed and choir, I think you guys took us to church today. Thank you. What a beautiful word. Our scripture this morning comes from the gospel according to Luke chapter 15, 1 through 10. So if you have your Bible or if you have your app on your phone, if you want to flip there, uh, read with me. And uh, maybe later this week, continue to read even through chapter 15. And Luke 15, 1 through 10 reads, Now as the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep, And losing one of them does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he is found, until he finds it. When he has found it, he lays it on its shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you. There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. When she finds it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me, for I found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious, gracious Heavenly Father, as we join together this morning, as we hear the hymns sung and we join, as we hear the prayers prayed and we join, may we join together as the church in the effort of your kingdom come, your will be done. May you strengthen each one of us and us collectively. And maybe, and just maybe, this week, as we are out and about, others see you through us. May we be a light and a hope for this world that so desperately needs it. Be with us this hour and be with us this day. And until we are gathered again, all praise and all glory to you and all God's children say, Amen. Have you ever had a destination that you're going to go to and you put that destination in your GPS, you put in the coordinates, the address, and you set it up just perfectly, you head that direction, and that is not where you end up at. Instead, you find yourself a little lost. This summer, Christine and I took the kids and we headed up to uh, Arkansas and uh, we were adventuring through the beautiful state of Arkansas. And we put in these coordinates for this waterfall. And we thought, oh, James and Emily, they will love this waterfall. Let's go and see this beautiful wonder. So we end up going down the highway and it's four lanes and we're headed in the right direction and, and uh, we're following the GPS just right. and. We end up going down a little country road and we're still on pavement, we're still good. And then we head down a little bit more of a country road that turns into rock and gravel. You've been on those before. We have those in Mississippi. And uh, we begin to kind of go down a ravine and uh, the the gravel road turns from a nice gravel road uh, into two uh, little uh, ditches with rocks in it. And, And we're down in the bottom of this ravine And I'm kind of uh, wondering, are we going to make it home? And uh, I'm kind of thinking, do I have enough gas? And and, uh, also kind of wondering, do we have enough snacks and apple juice? Are we good? And are the kids going to throw a fit? And uh, I'm looking at the GPS going, well, the waterfall should be coming up in one mile on the right. And it's dry. There's no water near us. And it hadn't rained in some time. And uh, I begin to realize that we're in the bottom of a ravine and uh, we're not in the right place. We've gone down a road 
And it's almost like there's a dead end. And the questions begin to rumble. Can we get home? Have you ever been there? Have you ever headed down a direction and gotten on a road and gotten to a place and you realize you might be lost? And ultimately hoping, can I get home? Will I make it home? Will I be found? It's a beautiful scripture today, and especially off of coming out of uh, the discipleship and the cost of discipleship last week and and picking up your cross and following Jesus and, and the cost to doing that. And even the week before where Jesus is inviting people to a dinner and they don't want to come, so he goes out further and invites even further out. And then we have the capstone here to ultimately the seeking of a shepherd for a lost sheep. And then a a woman looking for that lost coin. Now, I learned really quickly uh, with uh, James and Emily getting a little older and getting toys. There's one toy in general that if you lose this toy or a piece of this toy, you're going to do whatever you can to find it. You're going to turn on every light. You're going to flip over every piece of furniture. You're going to get down and kind of look around. And so as that lady was looking for that one coin, I was thinking about what it means to search for something. And I found as uh, James and Emily, if they lose a Lego or if I drop a Lego, I'm going to find that Lego. I'm going to do whatever I can because I don't want to step on that Lego later. I don't want to be walking through the dead of night and there's that Lego. Have you ever searched diligently for something? Have you ever spent every ounce of energy and turned on every light and flipped over every piece of furniture seeking something, doing whatever it takes to find that one thing, that one object? I love this scripture and I love this text and I love the fact that Jesus is really pointing to the good shepherd. And he's really illustrating what it means to seek something and to search for something and something that has value and worth. Looking at all odds for that one thing. We have Jesus. He's trying to thin the crowds. He's trying to show the cost of discipleship that if you go this way, if you go this way, you got to carry your cross. And he's trying to thin the crowds, but instead they continue to come. And this day in Luke 15, 1 through 10, Jesus is with a group of people and he's sitting, if you will, at dinner with them and he's going to tell this parable and others are pointing. How dare he eat with them? How dare he spend time with them? Can you hear the Pharisees? Can you hear the Pharisees pointing out and grumbling and mumbling about Jesus and who Jesus is spending time with and who Jesus is ultimately seeking? Can you hear them pointing at him and almost, if you will, cutting him down every step of the way? And Jesus is showing exactly what he is all about and what he is going to be doing. He is going to be seeking looking for those of worth and who he calls worthy. It's a beautiful sight. It's a beautiful illustration. They come in, they're pushing in on him, and he, he's pointing to who has worth. And he's pointing at directly. Now, when I was little, uh, my dad would take us to the SEC fanfare march Right there in Atlanta, we'd go watch Mississippi State play uh, basketball and all the other teams. And they had this thing called a fanfare, and you could go and play little games, and, and uh, you could go and see all the different things, autographs and everything. And I'll never forget this. This is a really uh, uh, impactful moment of my life. I was standing beside my dad shooting a little basketball hoop, and uh, I kind of look around, and I begin to wander around the event space and I'm looking around at everything and I'm having a great time. A wonderful time. There's a lot of people there and I look around and a little fear and a little dread seeps in. And I realize my dad hadn't been journeying with me. 
I realized in that moment I had been walking around this event space all alone. And a little fear and a little dread begin to seep in. And ultimately, I'm worried that I'm by myself and I'm lost. Can you turn to your neighbor real quick, to the person to your left and right? Can you tell them you're found? It's a beautiful thing when Jesus is telling this parable and he is telling the parable about the shepherd that leaves the 99 and is going after the one. He leaves the safety of these 99. He leaves them and he journeys off into the wilderness looking for this one, this individual sheep, this single sheep, this sheep that's by itself, that's lone, that's isolated all by himself in the desert, in the wilderness where harm can come to him and he goes seeking. This shepherd goes looking and he begins to journey into the desert, into the wilderness by himself seeking this one sheep to find this single sheep that's alone, isolated, by itself, the wilderness all around it, death knocking at the door of the sheep. And what I love about this text, it tells you very clearly, it points it out and it illustrates it well with one word, until. That shepherd seeks that sheep until. Not until the sun sets, not until the shepherd gets thirsty, not until the shepherd's tired and then he's done for the day, head on home, I'll try tomorrow. The shepherd seeks his sheep, that single sheep, until it is found. It goes against the odds. It goes against the desert. It goes against the wilderness. It goes against harm until the sheep is found. It's beautiful. It's amazing. I wonder if the church sought the lost sheep. I wonder if the church sought the lost sheep until they were found what that would look like. I wonder if the church all together seeking lost sheep, getting out and about in the world around us, what the church would look like. That's a church I want to be about. A church that goes against the odds, that goes into the wilderness until every sheep is found. Until every sheep is found. That's a devotion. That's picking up your cross and following him. That is all about offering that invitation to come and dine and sup with Jesus. It's beautiful. I wonder if we so often get caught up in our calendar, uh, in our time, and I don't know if I can, let me try tomorrow or until this happens. What if we all collectively, the church, sought our sheep until they were found? It's beautiful. It's remarkable that the church, we had that opportunity We have that call before us to seek and to search those that are lost until. It's something that is always and ever continuous for us. It's something that is a continual call before us to continue to search search and seek until. That day when I was lost at that event, And I looked around the room and dread filled my heart and I was overwhelmed thinking I would never see my mom and dad again. This is just me. I'm by myself forever from now on. I make eye contact with my dad across the room. He had never lost. He had never left me. He knew exactly where I was every step of the way. He watched me as I moved about the room. I was actually never lost. Instead, I was right there with him every step of the way. I think that is true for us as well. When we think we're lost, we're actually found. Because God knows exactly where we're going and is going to meet us there. It's a beautiful thing about grace. Grace meeting us exactly where we're at. We think we're lost. 
We think we're alone. We think we're by ourselves, but in better yet, Jesus is there present with us. And flipping over everything in my house, looking for this Lego, this little small thing that can cause so much harm to my feet. I know what it means to look for that one coin that has worth. That one thing that has worth, you have worth. You have worth. You have worth. And the good shepherd seeks you. The good shepherd seeks you at all cost against everything and is seeking you continuously. And the good shepherd, Jesus, is seeking us even though we think we've gotten down a road we can never turn back from. Even though we were meeting a dead end and we think, how am I going to get home? You are worth it. And you have worth in the eyes of God, in the eyes of Jesus. And as you go out into this world, others have worth too. And as you go out in this world, we, the church, go seeking others as though they have worth because they do. It's a beautiful thing. And we, the church, are the only ones that have that opportunity to seek, to search, and to do so with God. To do so with God and as a representation of God in this world. So who are you seeking? Who is it that's gotten down a dead-end road? Who is it that you need to turn every light on, get the flashlight out, get down on the ground and start sweeping for? Who is it that needs you because only you are the one that can reach them? Go seeking. Go searching. Because we, the church, are called to be the representation of the good shepherd. As we place faith in him, what's true about him becomes true about us. And if that is true, then we should get to searching. We should get to seeking and ultimately finding the lost sheep. And as we find them, as we journey with them back home, as we do so, giving glory to God every step of the way. It's a beautiful thing to be out on mission and ministry. It's a beautiful thing to get out and journey seeking others. That's our calling. That's our aim. Let's get to it together as the church. Let us pray. Gracious, gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Your day. In your seeking and in your finding, we are with you. In our hungering and longing for something more, you never left us. And we, the church, collectively are bound together by our mission and ministry as the church for this world. May we seek and may we search until... And all God's children say, Amen. Thank you, Eric. Uh, our closing hymn this morning is Have Thine Own Way, Lord, number 382. We'll stand and sing the first verse. blessing and this benediction as you go forth into this world. Go seeking and go searching as the good shepherd, as if the good shepherd, as a light for those that need light in the darkness. Go searching well. Flip every couch. Get the broom out. Start sweeping. Turn on every light. Go searching. 
Because God is searching for you as well. And all God's children say,